If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You have to treat it like a business and it will not, it will not, not, not stifle your creativity. In fact, the opposite. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. When you decide to turn your art into a business, you open yourself up to so much opportunity, as well as a whole host of challenges. Critique and criticism become a part of your daily routine because it's that critique that makes customers happy with an end product. And I can remember from my photography days that a lot less of your time is dedicated to actually creating and way more is spent on the nuts and the bolts of running a business. Someone whose artistic talent as well as her business sense I admire so much is Sheila Chen. Her pet portraits and children's literature art are so special. My parents actually have an original Sheila Chen art piece hanging in their home of their late pup, Kobe. I am so excited to hear all about Sheila's journey into the creative entrepreneur space, what she's learned about navigating the space, how she markets her craft, and the lessons and boundaries that keep her business a fulfilling endeavor. Artists, makers, musicians, designers, photographers, anyone who turns their art into a business, this one's for you. Here she is, Sheila Chen. Oh my goodness. After this guest sent me a DM, it inspired me so much. I literally screenshotted it and sent it to my team. And I said, we have got to get Sheila on the podcast. So welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. So let's kick this off. For anyone who's not familiar with who you are and what you do, tell me the story of Sheila Chen and the pinnacle moments of your life and career that led you to where you are today. 
happily. <laughs> uh, my name is Sheila Chen. I am a pet portrait artist and a children's book illustrator. And I currently live in Hawaii with my husband and our almost two-year-old boy and our two dogs, Sarah and Hef. And ironically, like Jenna doesn't know this. I'm just saying this right now. <laughs> Surprise! My major <laughs> aha moment to pursue pet portraits was listening to this podcast three years ago. And I was reminded by that from your 400th episode. And congrats, Jenna, oh, for thank you. 400 episodes. That's such a huge feat. So 400 episodes, everyone's so passionate still. And you did a clip playback on your first episode. And I remember that moment so clearly. I remember what I was wearing. I remember how cold I was in Connecticut. <laughs> I remember wow. you saying... If you need permission, I'm giving yeah. it to you. And yeah. that really pierced my heart. I was in the moment of deciding what I wanted to dive into. And that was that was a huge pinnacle moment for me. Mm-hmm. And so before I really digress into that, <laughs> my origin story, I've been an artist forever. I tell people I came out of the womb with a brush in my hand. (laughs) I pursued art in college. I taught kids after college. And I knew it was always going to be part of my life. I wanted to be an animator. And in fact, I was working on a portfolio to get into animation. But then I fell in love. And I joined a military spouse life. (laughs) And we immediately got stationed across the country away from all the opportunities that I had. And it was during this transition that I discovered boundaries and I kind of discovered what it is that I really wanted to do. The military transition was really intense. I'm a Cali girl. I don't know what snow is. (laughs) I know Minnesota snows a lot, but Connecticut's pretty cold too. (laughs) And so I moved to this place where winter was coming and there were a lot of like obstacles to overcome. It was a community that wasn't very diverse. I'm very Asian. (laughs) I remember ordering my first plate of rice and they put soy sauce on it. And I was like, wait, what is this? Like, no, (laughs) order rice. It should just be rice. Why do they put soy sauce on it? (laughs) It was just like a huge transition for me. And I realized that the cold reality of being in the military and to be the wife I want to be, to be the mom, potential mom I want to be, animation just was not an option for me. We were sharing a car. We were on a low budget. I was ready to go and take classes, but there were no classes nearby. There were no animation studios nearby. So I actually had a moment of realizing my dreams were shattered. And on top of that, I wasn't making any money. And for someone who's been working since she was 18, financial independence was really important to me. So I started spiraling and I turned to my husband and I asked him like, hey, what do you think of me just giving it a year? Just a year. Hear me out. $500 is what I'm asking for. (laughs) (laughs) I budgeted it. I've been listening to podcasts like, you know, I need a website. I need to like register myself as a domain and as a business and all of that stuff. And he he looked at me and he was like, yeah, of course. Like, go for it. And... (laughs) I was like, wait, 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 no, like, let's set some more limitations. Like, okay. <laughs> I thought this would be harder. <laughs> why, like, why are you so okay with this? <laughs> I actually talked to him about it yesterday and he, 
he was like, I remember laughing at you when you were, you came to me with this plan. Like I've written down a plan of how I'm going to invest this money that I'm going to take from our joint account. <laughs> and he, he was just so supportive. And so I just dove in and I, I've been very fortunate that my first year I was in a Jurd gallery show in Mystic. I did logo designs for local businesses. I started pursuing children's books. I really tried everything that, that interested me. And it was doing really well. I even tried pet portraits during this time, but literally everything I've tried did not feel good. And I was thriving on paper, but I was so unhappy. And then I realized like, there must be something underlying that I I just can't name. There's something holding me back. So at 27 years old, I went to go see therapy. And within the first session, my therapist turned to me afterwards and told me, you have CPTSD. And I was like, what, 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 what is that? (laughs) And she's like, well, you know, PTSD, it's, we all know it. It's on the media, right? Like someone gets triggered and then they get pulled back into this traumatic event and their body reacts like they're in that moment. But CPTSD is complex PTSD where you might have experienced long-term trauma. And so it's complex because you don't always, you can't pinpoint just one moment. So it's harder to know what's going to trigger you in the future. And it's debilitating because it could range from like something triggers me and I'm suddenly just like, I'm upset and unreasonably so. Like I know that I'm being unreasonably upset, but I don't know why to like, I can't breathe. I'm having a panic attack. I'm crying hysterically in my bed. I can't get up. And I just don't know what, why. And after she told me I have CPTSD, after some research, I had like two major feelings. One was shame that I have something I have to, I'm not healthy. Right. And the other one was freedom of like, wow, what a relief. I could put a name on what's been holding me back. So we dove right into it and I learned that the kryptonite to triggers is boundaries. It's why I'm so adamant about boundaries in my life. And when I talk to people about starting businesses or for people who have been struggling with triggers like I have, everyone talks about it. You just talked about it in your, your episode with your husband. Yeah. And it's so necessary. You hear it all the time. Everyone who's been successful talks about boundaries. Like when people say work-life balance, that is boundaries. But nobody has ever said like, hey, this is how you set a healthy boundary for those of us who have never been taught it because it is a taught thing. It is a taught behavior. And I was unaware of it until I was 27 years old. And I felt a little bit old for that. But But so what my therapist had taught me and something I want to share, and if there's anything I hope that someone can take from this, it's, it's just this formula of what a boundary is. And it's simply... Hey friend, last time we talked, ABC happened. It made me feel one, two, three. Could we instead do re me? Ooh, I like that. Can you say that one more time? Hey friend, last time we talked, ABC happened. It made me feel one, two, three. Could we instead do re me? Obviously influenced by the Jackson 5, but... (laughs) (laughs) it works for me and that's like the bare minimum that's like that is what a boundary is set you can change it you can dress it however you want with whatever situation you're in but it's 
saying what it is. It's expressing how you feel and how you're affected and offering a solution, which is what a lot of us tend to not think about for the next step. And so I just started practicing boundaries everywhere. Like with all of my friends, I started with my friends. I have the most amazing, most incredible friends growing up. They've supported me since I was like seven years old (laughs) saying that I want to be an artist. They were like, yeah, go for it. So (laughs) they embraced all of that. And I was growing my confidence as an artist. I was growing my confidence as an adult, a mentally healthier adult. And then I was leaning towards pet portraits. And that's when I listened to your podcast and Jenna Kutcher pierced my heart. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Tell me more. This is so good, Sheila. And thank you just too for vulnerably sharing that piece of your story, because I think that 
a lot of creative people, especially artists, struggle with that mental health. And especially too, when you pursue something that you are so wildly passionate about, boundaries are incredibly hard to build because there's that thrill of like, I can't believe somebody's paying me to do what I love. But very quickly that can transfer into this idea of like, picking up your paintbrush is suddenly work. And suddenly that passion can, you know, shift a little bit. So let's start with this, because I think you are the perfect person to answer this question. But what do you think people often get wrong or don't understand about starting a business in the creative field? Because you're not that far removed from that starting line. And I think that your advice is going to be so, so powerful. I think what you said is exactly on point. We're artists they are almost scared of losing their original voice, right? Like they want to hold on to that and they feel like success means that you sold yourself out. Yes. And I think as an artist and as a creative in general, you have to embrace the business part of it. You can't be a professional artist without the profession and You can be a hobby artist and that's fine. There's no judgment there. You can still make, you know, a side hustle doing that. But if you want to be a full-time artist, you have to embrace all the hats that come with it. You have to treat it like a business and it will not, it will not, not, not stifle your creativity. In fact, the opposite with business boundaries, it actually helps you find your niche. It helps you clean up your voice and your vision And it forces you to focus. And I think creativity is the last problem an artist has. How many things you want to do is the last problem you have. (laughs) Where to start and how to focus and know what feels right is the hardest. And the only way you're going to do that is by honing in and finding a lane. And if that lane doesn't work for you, then just move lanes. It's fine. You can move lanes as much as you want. Yeah. I noticed, especially as a photographer, that so many photographers were so wildly passionate about being behind the camera and and taking those beautiful images. But when you run a business around that passion, 90 to 95% of your time is usually managing the business. And that, you know, small sliver of time is reserved for that actual passion. And I think that a lot of times in creative entrepreneurship, we put so much focus on mastery of the art that we never learn how to build like sustainable business practices or profitable business systems that allow us to keep that passion alive. You recently shared with me the DM that I referenced and the incredible success you've seen with your pet portrait business. Tell me a little bit about that. And then I want to know kind of what you've identified as your secret sauce. Oh, I love the secret sauce. I did the secret sauce challenge like or yes. quiz when I found Jenna Kutcher in my head I met you Jenna three years ago <laughs> we, we've been longtime friends my girl <laughs> pet portraits when I decided pet portraits it was not an easy decision because I think in the art world it's kind of a sellout like I went to school I went to art school for this I you're taught you're supposed to be like a conceptual artist and that's yeah. what the classes are geared towards and pet portraits is just painting dogs and cats, right? Like it's, <laughs> it seems like a cop out. And I think my pride held me back a lot. And I thought, yeah. you know, like pet portraits can't be conceptual, but 
I feel like I've made it conceptual for myself. And it was actually at that moment that I listened to your podcast and I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Your permission to just pursue the creative field. It was for me, what I took from that was permission to take away all my preconceived notions of what it's supposed to look like and just jump into the unknown. Yeah. And ever since then, my business boomed. My first holiday season for creatives, for makers, holiday season is our moneymaker. And I started my business in September of 2017. And I remember thinking, I have to be a bridesmaid (laughs) for two of my best friends in 2018. Bridesmaids, it's expensive. All the ladies, you know? Yes, we know. (laughs) (laughs) It's really expensive. And I wasn't making money. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, Let's see if this is going to work. First holiday season, I just want to make between two to $3,000. Let's lowball a little bit. That's what I want to do so that I can cover at least my bridesmaid expenses. And I hit that number my first week. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> this could be lucrative. So then I started pushing. And my first year, I made more my first year than I did as an after school manager as an art teacher. I was like, okay, well, that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And then my second year, I started finding my, my thing. I spent that second year looking for in the pet portrait world. How do I, how do I put me out there? How do I make it my brand? So I spent time doing that. I also got a chance to illustrate a children's book for Jared and Ashley from the bachelor in paradise. Yes. (laughs) Which was wild. (laughs) And then now I am pushing my business is projected to make six figures, which is wild to me. And whether or not I hit it this year, because who knows what COVID is going to bring. I know, I know guaranteed I can hit it next year. So that's wild that I can tell my son as he grows up that mommy makes more money than daddy painting dogs and cats. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you share, though, too, even some of those like preconceived notions within the areas that we feel passionate and how sometimes even we think like the external judgment or the judgment of peers in the industry matters more than the joy we bring to the consumers, the people that we're creating for. And I think that happens a lot when it comes to like artistic visions and creative endeavors, because we've been kind of conditioned to believe that certain ways of expressing our creativity are more valuable than others. But I think that you are proof that one, the riches are in the niches when you get really specific and you serve people in that meaningful way that you can find success. But also two, that there has to be these people that take on these different creative endeavors to serve people that need what they've got. And if you didn't step into that side of your gift, there would be people like me who wouldn't get to receive that gift and know how much it makes a difference. Yes. I love that. Riches are in the niches. I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I want to know, we've kind of touched on it when it comes to boundaries, but what have you learned about setting boundaries that's helped you grow and scale your business? Because, you know, when you started with just that small goal of just making a few thousand dollars to help fund your bridesmaid adventures to now growing a six figure business, 
What kind of boundaries have you had to set to make that possible? I think being a mom had a huge part of that. When I started Pet Portraits, I was fully aware that I wanted to become a mom. Part of me going to therapy was to make sure that I was the healthiest version of myself or I can start that journey. And when I became a mom, I'm sure you felt the same. Like suddenly nothing else really matters. We've been working our whole lives to be career women or to be passionate about work. And now it's like you have to protect that precious time to watch your child grow, but you still want to work. So it's finding that boundary of when can I focus on family? When can I focus on work? And then after that, diving full in one way or the other. And on top of that, my husband and I have been talking about boundaries almost on the daily now. Because we have to talk about what, you know, military life, what's the schedule tomorrow? Because we don't always know. And yeah. that affects what I can do. Do I pick him up? Am I in charge? Am I the caregiver today or tomorrow? And that makes me focus on my time. And in my time, I made me realize I need to create work that can be made faster, that can still be offered quality and be efficient And that's actually when I discovered my own style of doing pet portraits. It's called impostos with a W because there's a pun. (laughs) It's being trademarked. (laughs) It's like, we're so close to getting it done being trademarked. And I discovered it because of the business boundaries I built. And a lot of that is also watching other artists who have been successful Two artists in mine are Kim Sealbeck and Sarah Cottle. They're on the island. They're phenomenal artists who have let me watch them do their thing before I found my own style or my own thing. And I envied them. I envied them so much because they had they had their thing. They had a thing where I'm like, okay, I can spot a Kim Sealbeck a mile away. I know that's <laughs> a Sarah Cottle original. You know, that that's yes. the artist level I want to get at. Yes but for pet portraits. So seeing them set boundaries for their practice and their business of like saying no, the power of saying no to projects that don't bring you joy to make space for the projects that do. Yeah. And then setting boundaries of like, Hey, my, my time is worth it. If, if you're not paying me enough to step away from my son, then it's not worth my time. There has to be a value to my hour. And that made me reevaluate how I value myself. Yeah. I think that's a huge, huge, huge gap for entrepreneurs and specifically early entrepreneurs. I think that so many of us have only been taught to value our time in the way that the world has told us what it's worth. You know, whether you've made $10 an hour or $20 an hour, you start to just kind of compute those numbers in your head. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they never really sit down and do the math to figure out what that working hourly rate is. I remember when I was a photographer, the first time I got paid $200, I I felt like a millionaire. And I was like, oh my God, I just, I shot photos for an hour and I made $200. And then when I actually started to do the math about 
the amount of time it took me to drive there and prep and edit and deliver. And, you know, all of those things, I did the math and I was making like $7 an hour. And, and so I think that, that yes, equipment. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I love that you bring this up because I think it's such a powerful reminder specifically for entrepreneurs, but also too, for people that are juggling many roles in today's now, you know, we're trying to be parents and teachers and spouses and partners and family members and all of these things to really understand the value of an hour can totally transform the way that you look at time. I love that you brought that up, Sheila. I want to know, how did you generate leads or attract clients at the beginning of your business? I'm sure you had some really great ways. So tell me about that. So I call it the creeper method. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> it's strategy, guys. I'm, I'm a strategic person. Even back then, I would go to, I would go to a coffee shop, specifically Starbucks. Because as a military wife, I like consistency and Starbucks was always open at a certain time and always offered Wi-Fi. And if you have the gold card, you can get refills all day. So (laughs) I would go to Starbucks and I would position myself so that my back was facing the condiment bar. And I would paint and have my business cards on the edge of the table. And so people would come over fill up their cup with cream or sugar or whatever, grab a napkin, throw away their straw trash, and they would stand there and look over my shoulder and watch me work. And it's very specific because if you face them, if you are facing them, they're not going to look. They don't want to have that pressure yep. of or feel like they're invading your bubble. But yep. when your back is turned against them, people want to creep. <laughs> yes. People are curious and I'm giving them permission because my back is turned against them. They feel like they're like, they feel like they're doing it secretly, but I can sense it for for like a mile away. I can, I can definitely feel it, (laughs) but it worked. It worked so well. I became the Starbucks girl who knew that there was a Starbucks artist who was painting pets and people would come over and say, Hey, my friend told me you were doing this and they'll pick up business cards. I'm an introvert extrovert. So I enjoy being in public and painting, but I don't necessarily like being talked to. So I'll have earphones on and I'll have my business cards out and it worked so well. People just grab and go and shoot me an email later on saying, Hey, I saw you at Starbucks today or whatever it is. And so I built that on referrals and gosh, people don't value that enough. I think in this day and age with social media and everything the the old way of doing things still work, the door to door word of mouth, referral, that is like gold right there. Yeah. Yeah. And those are loyal clientele who want to hire you year and year again. And I I remember that. So actually this year, that was back then. And now this year, I actually started a referral program for my loyal pack members. That's what I call them. And I give back to them because, because truly like your businesses aren't what it is without the fans and the people supporting it. I think that's so, so I created smart. This program and from my past for learning those lessons and it's fun. It's a really fun pack. We do games. I, you know, they learn social media strategy through being part of my pack and they can win like points store credit just by achieving certain game goals. <laughs> oh, so cool. You're so yeah. smart. 
On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness. I want to know something that I'm so curious about is have you ever been challenged in the fact that you have created a business around custom work? Has there ever been this like tempting desire to create more passive pieces when you customize in like drawing people's pets so that they're so real? It's like you could touch them. What does that feel like? I love how custom it is because of the art world. The art world, I don't know a single artist who hasn't had their artwork stolen. Yeah. Or yeah, everyone stylized. Like I'm dealing with that right now, actually. And going back to boundaries, let's let's talk about flexing your your muscles, your copyright muscles. <laughs> yeah. There was a big art company that actually took my original artwork of someone else's dog, which is so strange, took that artwork and used it as an ad, as a paid ad without my permission. And it's a big company. So it's like a huge national thing. People, thousands of people can see this. So I actually flexed my muscles and hired a lawyer (laughs) and won a settlement that I can't really talk about too much because of contracts, but... (laughs) It's like doing the custom work actually makes me feel more safe. Yeah. From a world that like loves to just take artists for granted almost. Yeah. But I do do a lot of passive stuff too. Like I not really passive. It's like a combo where I do digital specials and I design yearly fun, like holiday stuff. Right now it's the Christmas time. So lots of like reindeers or snow stuff or gingerbread. And it's a custom design, but you can have your pet in it. And so it's like a plug and chug kind of situation. It's like with Lightroom for you photographers, like taking your personal settings and copy and pasting it everywhere. (laughs) Mm, I love that. Is there anything in your business journey that you wish you would have done sooner or done differently? Oh my goodness. Yes. So much, right? (laughs) I don't like saying hindsight's 2020 anymore because 2020 has been a dumpster on fire, but (laughs) hindsight 2021, maybe... (laughs) If I could go back, I would have told myself in the very beginning of my journey to trust your guts, trust yourself. There's scientific proof or just it's it's proven in science that like when you are triggered or when you feel like something's off and you don't know what it is, your brain firing for you before you consciously understand what's happening. And you need to trust your gut because that's that's based on experience, on personal experience that your body is telling you, hey, don't do that. Or hey, this is great. Do it. The green light and the red light. Listen to yourself. And that that's such a hard lesson to learn to like have that confidence. Yeah. And to trust 
what you know is best, even if nobody else is there to, to support it, even if it, it might like you don't understand it fully, you have to trust yourself. That would save you so much heartache. <laughs> yes. And one more thing I would probably tell myself back then would be like to keep professional and personal separate. Hmm. Tell me I more. I think as creative entrepreneurs, one of three of us are depressed. That's just the statistics. One of three of us is dealing with depression. And so it's natural for this creative community to almost be desire that like friendship, that camaraderie it exists and you should find it, find your pack. But when it comes to your job and your day to day, keep your personal and professional life separate. I love that. And I think that goes back to boundaries, right? Yes. Yes. Look at you. Look (laughs) at you. (laughs) I want to know what is your advice for someone wanting to start and grow their own creative business? Do the work. Yeah. Do it. Do the work. Listen to people like Jenna Kutcher, who has done the work and listen to all of the wonderful free sources of successful people giving you free information. They all say the same things, right? Like do the work, be mindful, be healthy, take care of yourself. If you're physically and mentally not healthy, how can you thrive? Define your own success. Don't look at, I mean, we're always compare. The comparison game is always going to be there. I like to embrace it instead of being like, Oh, I'm doing it again. Like I like to embrace the comparison game and be like, okay, this is just motivation for me to do the work, get off my phone, and do better. I would also encourage people who want to create, do the creative career, that the grass is in fact greener on this side. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sing it. <laughs> Life is richer. The soil is packed with delicious nutrients. You will thrive. You just have to push yourself to do the work, take the first step of your journey. And you have to also know, like, you know, we're talking about like things, misconceptions, I think a misconception of the creative life, which 2020, I think has changed people's perceptions, because now everyone has to work at home. Yeah. And now everyone knows, hey, this isn't just peaches and cream. This is not like the best thing in the world. This is hard. It's hard work to find time to focus and to get into that space to work while your child's in the room next door or you've got laundry to do, or you can see the kitchen and it looks like a mess. It's hard to work at home. It's more work to have your own business and you have to embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. Sheila, I have to tell you that the portrait you made for my parents' dog is prominently displayed on their wall and it really, really touched them. We had our dog for a very long time. He was, I think, 14 years old, just a piece of their lives. And so I just want to say and remind you that the work you are doing and the path you are on absolutely changes people's lives and helps them commemorate their family members in the form of pets in such a beautiful and special way. And so I just honor your work to the fullest extent. And I am so grateful that you listened to the bit that said that you have permission and followed those dreams. So I just want to say thank you for that. I appreciate that so much. 
Where can everybody find you and connect with you and check out your work and get their own puppy or kitty portrait? Tell me all the places. I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is Sheila Chen Art. My website is also everything is Sheila Chen Art. <laughs> I'm also just started doing YouTube Live where awesome. we call it Dirty Chai Sketch Time, where you come over, I drink my dirty chai. And I give away free sketches and it's like, it's created quite a community of pet lovers and we just talk about our dogs and cats and it's a great positive space for everyone. Amazing. Sheila, thank you so much for coming on the show today and also for being a listener of this podcast. It is literally an honor to be able to feature you and your story and your work. It is an honor to be here and it's, Again, such a wild ride to be three years ago, right there listening to Jenna thinking maybe someday and here's someday. So <laughs> yes, welcome to someday. Yes, I made it. <laughs> we have arrived. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. It is such a gift to be able to interview listeners of this very show. Sheila has made an impact in my life personally by creating my parents' portrait of their sweet dog, Kobe, who is a part of our world for so long. And I am just so grateful for this conversation that reminds us that we can, in fact, pursue our passions and turn them into profits. But with that endeavor, there comes a lot of need for boundaries and for creativity and to leave room to pivot and change and grow. I'm so grateful to have heard and been a part of Sheila's story. I hope that you leave this episode feeling inspired and on fire. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goal. And remember, the riches can be in the niches. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.